The Wellness Revolution starts now. Hello, I'm Dr. Steve Hotze, and welcome to today's program. I'm visiting with Dr. Don Ellsworth, who is a colleague here at the Hotze Health and Wellness Center of mine, and we've been working together for well over 20 years. And we're going to discuss with you a common problem that we see here at the Hotze Health and Wellness Center, and it's called autoimmune disease. It's a disorder by which your immune system attacks the very cells your body has in it, and you're attacking yourself. It's auto, self-immune. So you become, you're basically allergic to your own self is what basically happens. So your immune system attacks cells, and this can happen in a host of different disorders in the body. Um, it can happen, it can cause arthritis, it can cause cardiovascular problems, it can cause thyroiditis and thyroid problems. And so, Dr. Ellsworth, tell us the underlying causes of autoimmune disorders, and what can we do to treat those? Well, if you want to read something that's incredibly complex, pick up an immunology textbook, and you'll see how complex this whole process is. But what we're talking about is actually a simple idea, and that's the cells of our body will often interact with different things, and it's always asking the question, is this supposed to be here? And it looks for certain markers that help it to identify it as self. And over time, because some of those markers might start being less, maybe a lack of nutrition, or another common issue that can occur is if junk from the environment is sticking or attaching itself to our cells so it looks different, it starts looking like a foe and rather than a friend. So it's, it's akin to when you've maybe played uh, you know, football with, uh, you've done a sport, a team sport, and the jerseys are similar colors, and maybe the lighting isn't all that good. You can sometimes throw the ball to the wrong person or tackle the wrong person. And in warfare, you know, you, you want, it's, it's essential to be able to communicate and make sure you know which, which tank or plane is yours and which is the enemy's. And so this, this complex process involves very clear communication. You need to be able to uh, connect well. And because of that, it's prone to there being problems. And a little bit of an issue where you develop a little antibody to some tissues, thankfully, the body has tolerance, doesn't typically cause a problem. But when you start developing significant issues, you get a label of it. And it's usually based on whatever part of the body is affected the most. But the underlying reason for this can really be thought of, which is in somewhat of a triad, where there's some genetic predisposition, a gut that's not healthy, and a trigger. And you have to have all three to see the problem. For example, identical twins don't have identical autoimmune problems. If, particularly if they have different lifestyles, one may never manifest an autoimmune disease and a, another one could have significant autoimmune problems. So thank, that's a very good thing because the impression that I had from my training, and I still believe is the common thought process, is that it's genes. And if you get an autoimmune problem, it's largely thought of as bad luck and the treatment is doing things that fairly strongly, harshly manipulate the immune system by often suppressing it so that the damage of this miscommunication is less. But the 
ideal treatment would be to improve this process, to improve the communication, and to allow the body's fundamental problems to be addressed. Now, generally, the genes, you're not going to change those, but you can improve gut health, and you can avoid the triggers, and that's been shown to make a world of difference. It does take time and commitment to make these changes, but uh, we've seen dramatic changes when people have been willing to do this. This is really known as epigenetics. So right. we have certain genes in our body, but they may not manifest themselves uh, either in a positive or negative way unless something external to it, maybe the food that we eat, maybe the stress that we're, the lifestyle that we're living, affects that gene and causes it to turn off or turn on. So in the case of autoimmune disease, you may have an underlying genetic predisposition to making antibodies to your own cells, you may have that predisposition, but if there's no trigger or if your gut's healthy, you just aren't going to manifest the problem. And But if, if you do have those additional problems, as Dr. Ellsworth said, they work together in a, in a triad, and, and that will then you'll have the manifestation of the autoimmune disease, and you get the joint pains. You know, people have chronic um, arthritis, juvenile arthritis, they get... Uh, yeah, the autoimmune issues are often labeled based on the worst joints. So if, right. if it's rheumatoid arthritis, mainly the joints. If it's the thyroid, it might be Hashimoto's or thyroiditis or autoimmune thyroiditis. Or you might have an issue with your skin with psoriasis or with systemic lupus, which involves skin. And all of these things tend to be whole body. So the, the areas that you can see with your eyes when a person has a problem is actually just the superficial issues. There's, there's issues going on inside of the body. But thankfully, a lot can be done other than what you've often seen used by your friends and family members, which involve taking things that will suppress the immune system. And those would be steroidal medications, you know, prednisone primarily is used very commonly or, 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 or right. steroid shots to help suppress the inflammation, but it doesn't get rid of the underlying cause of the problem. And there's a lot of side effects with steroids. And so they've developed these biologic products that are quite expensive and you can, uh, you know, maybe a, a monthly injection or a weekly injection, or sometimes they're oral, but you'll notice that when they talk about these, they always say, you know, don't do not take them if you have tuberculosis and other uh, chronic infections because, because you've weakened the immune system. And if you weaken the immune system, it's going to flare. And of course, certain cancers can flare too when you weaken the immune system. So, so much better to go to the root cause. How do you do that? Well, one a very, very important thing is to work on the gut. And that's something that we've done at the Oats Health and Wellness Center forever. And when we talk about the gut, we're talking primarily about your large colon. That's where bacteria exist. The, you know, from your esophagus through the small intestine, there's enough acid and all that. You don't have back, you don't routinely have bacteria living there in massive numbers. And the large colon, of course, is full of bacteria. And the problem comes when you take antibiotics. Right. You say you get a sinus infection or bronchitis or you get a sore throat, or you just kind of feel bad. You go to the doctor, he says, well, let me just give you some antibiotics to cover you. I mean, that's right. And so those antibiotics are meant to kill bad bacteria. But your body has healthy autochthonous commensal bacteria that live in your gut, and that's in the colon, and help you digest your food, help produce enzymes, produce neurotransmitters as well. And if you take an antibiotic, you can knock, you can kill off some of those bacteria, and you get a yeast overgrowth. Women understand this 
clearly when they take antibiotics, it's not uncommon for women to get yeast vaginitis, to get a mm-hmm. yeast vaginal infection, which can be cleared up with suppositories and creams and those sort of things. But if you if a woman has a problem there, you can be you can be sure she got a problem in her colon as well. And so when we get yeast buildup in the colon, tell, talk about that and how that how that affects it and how that can cause autoimmune problems. Well, when we take an antibiotic, and also steroids will often promote the overgrowth of yeast or birth control pills. Uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of things that allow something that's everywhere in the environment, yeast, to overgrow. All it has to have is an open door. And we all know that if you leave something moist laying around, it'll often become moldy. Something in the fridge too long, it'll become moldy. So molds don't need a lot of encouragement. All they have to have is an open door. And once yeast or molds in general overgrow, they don't just go away on their own after you stop taking the antibiotic or the steroid it stays there, and the next round of antibiotics will build on it. So most of us have developed a significant issue because doctors want to do um, what can help people. And when they see a kid who's sick, they typically, when in doubt, have given an antibiotic. Now, it's a little bit better now. Pediatricians are slower to use antibiotics than they were in the past. But it's hard to grow up and not receive a lot of antibiotics in this country and really around the world. So most of us develop an unhealthy gut for that reason. And when you have an unhealthy gut, the gut becomes inflamed. And then when you eat certain foods, those foods may not be digested in the proper manner. And right. they and they and the molecules of the food may pass in, in larger portions into the bloodstream. And those foods not uncommonly can lead to the autoimmune response because the body is going to respond to these foods that are larger molecules than you would normally have, and it's going to attack them. And if they, if those foods have any, any sites on them that are correspond to certain sites on cells in your body, you know, you can make antibodies to a certain food, but then you can also, that may cause you to make antibodies to certain cells in your body. Thyroid would be one example. So um, that's the reason you want to clean up your gut. And that's why we at the Hootsie Health and Wellness Center really recommend a program that really eliminates or dramatically de- uh, decreases the amount of sugar or sugar or simple carbohydrate products. Remember, bread, wheat, uh, corn, milk, uh, whole milk, uh Rice and potatoes all get converted to sugar. Those are sugar molecules hooked together. That's what a carbohydrate is. And yeast grows on sugar. And we exactly, and we've historically used some antifungals like nystatin and maybe fluconazole and colostrum along with probiotics. And those go a long way towards restoring normal gut health. And we have additional tools. Plus, we give probiotics along with that. Of course. And the the tools, the paleo um, approach is is basically what we're talking about with our eating plan. When one has an, an autoimmune issue, you want to take it another level in the so-called autoimmune protocol for the diet that's recommended is a stricter version of that. You're cutting out things, uh, particularly for about a month, that goes beyond that, you know, all, all the nightshades. Um, eggs. Nice would be tomatoes or potatoes. Potatoes, right. It's it's a much more extensive list of things to avoid, but you can eat some healthy foods. Um, certainly meats are fine. A lot of vegetables are fine as long as they're not in that nightshade category. 
But by doing this and then adding things back one at a time so that you can see what you tolerate, that's called an elimination diet, you can determine how your body is responding. And then you want to stay off the foods that are giving you the most trouble. That's a huge issue, reducing the triggers. And you also want to eat more of the healthy healing foods. And actually some of the organ meats that we don't tend to eat as much of, um, like I'm not a fan of liver, but it is incredibly healthful in terms of the health benefits and other organ meats actually have a lot of benefit as well. And historically in our country, we ate a lot more of the animal than we do today. And I think we've lost some nutrients because we've moved away from that, that approach. But so eating really nutritionally dense foods, and there's some great tools for healing a leaky gut, just avoiding the foods that are the issues that are bothering it, like getting rid of yeast. That's one way to heal leaky gut. But gluten, which is largely wheat, but also barley and rye, tends to be particularly problematic. By the way, we changed wheat about 60 years ago when some of the ag schools, including uh, Texas A&M, led the way. We hybridized wheat so it grows faster, needs less water, more disease resistant. It actually tastes better because it has more gluten in it. But it went from 14 chromosomes to 42 chromosomes, and it's much more irritating to the gut. And you can actually show an increase in autoimmune problems like celiac disease since we made those changes in the wheat. So wheat generally is a good thing to stay off of if you have an autoimmune problem. But to heal the gut, in addition to getting rid of yeast, we have some great tools. We have a repair peptide, which um, the body protection compound 157, BPC 157 is wonderful at healing the gut. We have a KPV tripeptide, which also is very useful at healing the gut. Of course, we use um, uh, a lot of a, a lot of other tools, uh, but uh, the immune peptide would be a significant tool for calming the immune system down. That's from the thymus gland, thymusin alpha one is its full name. So by healing the gut and calming down the injuries, um, we can really see some great things happen there. Uh, another fascinating tool is low-dose naltrexone. And we've, we've been using low-dose naltrexone coming up on 20 years or so. It's um, something that is new to some doctors, but naltrexone was used for people who were addicted to alcohol or opioids. And they found that if you Instead of the full dose, you take a small fraction of that, maybe a tenth of that. A lot of times autoimmune conditions would go into remission when they were taking naltrexone. And then they found out they actually didn't need that full dose. They just needed a fraction of it. And so it was very well tolerated. And we, we find that as a tremendously useful tool at calming down a overactive immune system. And we use low-dose immunotherapy. Um, low-dose immunotherapy is basically a way to have some of the things going on in the background. So you're, if the body sees something around a lot, it'll typically respond by starting to treat it as an ordinary mundane issue. Whereas if it only episodically sees something, it tends to react more vigorously. So one of the tools that we can use to calm down both airborne allergies, food allergies, chemical allergies are, is immunotherapy. And we make drops for that. And we've had good results in that being a contributing factor to calm down reactions when people are having some issues with food. And that's, that's key and important. That really plays into the whole allergy aspect of mm -hmm of autoimmune disease. 
because an allergy is an abnormal reaction by your body's immune system to normal occurring substances mm -hmm. in the environment, things you breathe in the air like weed pollens, tree pollens, grass pollens, dust mites, mold spore, animal danders. All these are very common, um, and they're airborne, and they're seasonal. So people will react if they have a genetic predisposition towards allergies, they're exposed to these, and they'll get coughing, sneezing, sinus problems, ear infections, sore throats, chest congestion, mm -hmm. asthma, skin disorders. And foods contribute to that. We call it concomitant food allergies. Concomitant means they mm -hmm. occur. You think of your immune system like, let's say it's like a glass of water. And as it fills up with allergens, uh, it, it doesn't react until you finally reach the top and it overflows, then that's when you have your symptoms. And foods can contribute to that. And there are six foods that are primary or the primary uh, contributing factors to uh, food allergies and, and your overall allergic disorders. That would be wheat and corn and egg and milk and yeast and soybean. These are in all the processed foods. And if you eat, if you have an allergic disorder and you eat these foods on a regular basis and you're allergic to them at all, you begin to fill up your immune system. And then when we get into a you know, ragweed season or we get into tree pollen season or you got molds all year round, it begins to fill up the bucket. So one way to help eliminate allergies and to eliminate the stress on the immune system is to eliminate those foods to which you react. And we can talk very briefly about how we how we do an elimination rotation eating program. You want to explain that? Well, for 30 days, you avoid um, all the foods, and then you add them back one at a time. And then once— We say all the foods, we're talking about maybe the big six, wheat, corn, egg, milk, yeast, and soybean. And, and even with, with autoimmune issues, other, even, even a other. longer list, yeah. Sure. But um, you add one thing back at a time, but then it's a good idea to keep rotating it rather than eating the same thing because the body does tend to develop a negative response to foods that it eats constantly. And it's kind of like an exercise routine. The best results are seen when you rotate things up. But um, I did want to add about the hormonal aspect. I mentioned during pregnancy how often autoimmune conditions go into remission. Right. And, uh, and another conversation. And it's interesting that progesterone can be tremendously useful. Even testosterone is useful with autoimmune conditions. Uh, in, in some cases, estrogen can be the key thing, DHEA. So hormones are often a missing part of this equation. And, I, and I've noticed, too, since we started our practice initially as an allergy practice, I would have women coming in with allergies and said, I never had allergy problems till I had my baby, my first baby mm -hmm. or second baby. Well, I knew that the aller aller uh, allergy problems were related some way to hormonal changes. At that time, I didn't understand the relationship or how to treat it. But it was when we started to use progesterone on women that had other problems that we began to address with progesterone that we found that we could calm down the immune system and quell allergic disorders. It has a real positive effect, and it can have a positive effect on autoimmune problems, too. Right. Particularly, uh, we see it with uh, arthritis, that it's not uncommon for women that had arthritis. They get on progesterone because of its, uh, because of the uh, anti-inflammatory effect that it has and calming down the immune, calming down the immune system. Their arthritis tends to ameliorate. Mm -hmm. And pregnenolone can also be yeah. useful in that regard. But yeah, we have a lot of wonderful tools in the hormonal world that help with autoimmune disease. Um, lifestyle changes can be very important too. We really 
sometimes live in a high stress environment and, and, you know, let's face it, hardworking people sometimes actually almost are proud of the fact that they're not getting enough sleep, that they're putting so much activity into their life that they're barely able to see straight. And if you have an autoimmune condition, you really want to back away from some of that craziness. You, you want to say, these are my priorities. You know, let's stick to the priorities. Let's consider all the optional things, you know, optional to be only done occasionally. And you want to get enough sleep. It's amazing that just getting adequate amounts of sleep can be tremendously healing. I mean, I mean it's an obvious statement, but our body heals during sleep. If you're compromising that, the whole... Your gut health is being compromised. Your immune function is compromised. And if the body's in more of the fight-flight mode, it's not in the, hey, let's take care of the body mode. And so we want to make sure we're doing some relaxing things, you know, turning off news, doing some of those things, connecting with the, our friends, uh, connecting with God, doing the spiritual things we need to be doing to be um, you know, all that we need to be being grounded. And these basics are so important with autoimmune problems, because if you don't have a daily routine of, of, of getting the sleep, eating nutritious foods, um, keeping a positive mental attitude, even if you're doing everything else right, you can still have flares. And autoimmune diseases, basically the underlying problem that they cause is inflammation in the system. That's why when the joints get inflamed, they hurt. When the thyroid gland gets inflamed, it doesn't work as well. As a matter of fact, it gets so inflamed that it gives too much thyroid and people can get hyperthyroid. Mm -hmm. That's called Graves' disease. But autoimmune disease is an inflammatory problem. And so you want to make sure you stay away from foods that cause inflammation. And one of the one of the most common foods that cause inflammation is the food that most everybody enjoys, and that's sugar. Sugar is highly inflammatory, and we, most Americans, because we, most Americans tend to eat an unhealthy diet that comes from fast food and packages and boxes, they get a lot of chemicals in that. As a matter of fact, I was looking, uh, we, uh, we drove by uh, a place and bought some uh, uh, kolaches, mm-hmm. and my son had brought them over. We were out in the country out at our place, and we looked at that. And I looked, and, and on the side of it, there must have been 50 different additives in that in that kolache. I said, I just, there's no way I'm going to eat that. But uh, the big thing is, is that you've got, not only do you have chemicals in the food, all the packaged food, but you've got high amounts of sugar. And sugar can be highly inflammatory. So you want to eliminate that. Well, that's our program today on autoimmune disease. We thank you for joining us. Thank mm-hmm. you, Dr. Ellsworth, Absolutely. for your My pleasure. interesting and insightful comments. And thank you for joining us today. If you want to be treated, uh, evaluated, and treated for any autoimmune problems, don't hesitate to call us here at the Hootsie Health and Wellness Center. I'm Dr. Hootsie saying have a great day. At Physicians Preference Pharmacy, we understand that the quality of your compounded medications directly affects the way you feel which is why we believe that your pharmacy should specialize in compounding medications while also delivering extraordinary hospitality and guest service. We believe that both patients and prescribers should accept nothing less than consistency and quality from their compounding pharmacy. This is why we've implemented some of the strictest quality standards in compounding, exceeding standard requirements, achieving PCAB accreditation. 
which is the Pharmacy Compounding Accreditation Board, an organization that sets the highest standards in compounding pharmacy regarding the safety, cleanliness, and quality of your compounded prescriptions. Because of our commitment to complete health and wellness, we are dedicated to making your medications free of lactose, parabens, artificial sweeteners, and any unnecessary dyes, binders, or fillers present in many other medications, offering you the cleanest products possible. Information provided on this program is neither intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice and is not intended to replace the services of a physician, nor does it constitute a doctor-patient relationship. You should not use information from this radio program to diagnose or treat a health problem or disease without consulting with a qualified health care provider. If you have or suspect you have an urgent medical problem, promptly contact a professional health care provider or call 911. Dr. Hotze's Wellness Revolution advises you to always seek the advice of a physician or other qualified health provider prior to starting any new treatment or with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Any application of the recommendations from this program is at the listener's discretion.